Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just. Yep. Once again, we're back at it. Mm-hmm. Talking football, talking basketball, as we often are at this time of the year. A lot of the same stuff going on, but some new developments, of course, in, in all the different sports. Uh, some new commits in football, coaches out all over, and then in basketball, uh, some tough losses, both on and off the court uh, mm-hmm. in terms of personnel and the games. Um, so we'll get into that in a minute, but let's start on the football side of things where, hey, the, the commits just don't stop coming. I thought, you know, maybe we'd we'd have, you know, some quiet weeks, but with no. this staff, there is uh, there's no such thing as quiet weeks when it comes to recruiting season. I said last week that they could get up to 40, yep. and they're at 37. Nostradamus <laughs> over here. <laughs> so the uh, the recent additions, uh, you know, we're, we're already seeing uh, the Arlington-Texas-Martin pipeline kind of with... Uh, uh, and you're surprised? No, no, no. <laughs> well, it's clear. Well, I guess you're right. I mean, you know, Rule had a plan for for hiring tight end coach, you know, Bob Wager, and getting the Texas talent here, that was, that was part of the equation. Well, it's... Uh, obviously, it's still January, uh, but so far so good in uh, just getting talent here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in spring uh, yeah. when you, you know, how things shuffle, and then once we get to fall camp, how that will uh, look because you can only have eighty-five for scholarship numbers. So. Yeah, that's will the, be interesting. That's the number on everyone's mind right now. But hey, it's, they're so far over yeah. it right now. <laughs> It's a, it's a process, and they'll sort it out. But the new commits, wide receiver Jeremiah Charles, tight end Ismael Smith-Flores, and as well uh, Tennessee wide receiver Demetrius Bell coming from Nashville, uh, all committed to the Huskers after an official visit weekend, as you said, now at 37 additions, 26 uh, from the high school ranks, 11 transfers. Uh, but the transfer movement settled down. Now For now. That, uh, yep. Spring, For now. spring semester's underway, and any transfers coming in. Uh, couldn't participate in spring practice uh, as of now. So we'll see that movement again after the uh, spring practice window ends. Transfer portal will open back up, but that's where we are right now. And also worth noting, a couple of preferred walk-ons. Uh, another one from Arlington Martin, Gage Wager, uh, son of the tight ends coach, uh, going to be a depth player there on special teams. And potential to fullback, Trevor Let's Ruth. Go. A former Seward running back transferred uh, from one year at UNK where he redshirted. So comes in fresh, ready to go at fullback. Yeah, I, I love it. I, uh, I wrote a column last week about the fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teased it a little bit. Um, and just the situation, the history, all of that. And so the one piece that they didn't have, uh, obviously, <laughs> is a fullback. And granted, you can switch guys, either running back or linebacker, that has had some blocking experience, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So interested to see how they fill that room specifically, but uh, it's a good start. Yeah, I think what we've seen from the staff is, like, they don't really care what position you're playing in high school. Versatility is, like, key for mm-hmm. them, finding different ways to fit these guys in in the offense. And fullback to me, you know, tight end, hybrid, whatever they want to do with that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can use it. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing worth noting when we talk about recruiting uh, – topic of your next column. It's funny how these topics seem to come up, but Ed Foley might just be the most popular man in Nebraska right now. He's hitting the high schools. He's hitting the local watering holes. He's saying all the right things, and he's getting the Nebraska name out there. Not that they needed it, but of course, a lot of these high schools, as we've been hearing, you know, yeah, they have, you know, a general relationship with Nebraska, but getting an assistant coach in the building, I mean, that's 
that's a, a step up from a lot of uh, from what a lot of them have been going through. Yeah, and I've talked to a couple uh, head coaches, talking to a few more uh, in the next couple of days about just what it means to have somebody like want to come to your school and talk to you about the players that you have. And like I talked to one coach, and they only won one game last year, but Ed Foley showed up at their school, an eight man school, and. I don't know. I just think it's really cool that they're, this staff is really trying to embrace uh, as much as they can about this state and the culture, and they are not cutting any corners. Ed Foley, by my count, has been to 77 high schools, by my count, from his Twitter. That's incredible. That's insane. Because yeah. he, like, the first day that he went out was, like, mid-January. And it's late January, mm -hmm. so he's putting the miles on his vehicle, that's <laughs> for sure. But here's hoping he doesn't have to pay for gas. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's just funny. See, you know, you see him hit, you know, four or five schools, and you're like, oh, you know, that's a, it's a busy day, you know, going around Omaha or whatever. I mean, he's been going to, like, 10, 11 high schools, mm -hmm. getting up at 7 a.m., still going Earlier at, like, 7 p.m. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's hardworking dedication, and to me it's really interesting, too, because if you look at the in-state recruiting, it wasn't like lacking but when Bear Rude was the in-state recruiter. I mean, he did a great job of the top talent that Nebraska wanted. You know, he'd go visit them. He was in those high schools, but there wasn't necessarily this widespread approach of like building for the future, you know, sending out these coaches to places that might not produce a Husker for, you know, five, 10 years, whatever it may be. Maybe they never have. Yeah, Or exactly. maybe they've done one. Like, he's already been to, by my count, one six-man school. Awesome, by yeah. the way. And then, like, six eight-man schools or so. So that's a, that's a big step up in recognizing that you don't have to be a three-, four-, five-star guy. You don't even have to play 11-man football. Like, there's a place for you if you want to work to get there. And I think that's cool because that's what this place used to be about. Certainly. And, I mean, when we're talking about the walk-on program and, you know, the way to incorporate this very large, you know, roster, very large talent pool that Nebraska has, you know, within the state, a lot of players that – you know, go D2, that go FCS, you know, NAIA, whatever it is. There's a lot of talent that gets spread all over, and you, you have that relationship aspect. I mean, it, it just puts Nebraska in a lot stronger position with the talent it has. Yeah, absolutely. And the other recruit in action, of course, it's not just in the state. Uh, coaches have been out. They've been all over. Uh, in particular, want to hit on a couple of the top 2024 players in state uh, that the coaches have been out to see recently. At Bellevue West, that's a trio of players, quarterback Daniel Kalen and wide receivers Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. Uh, Matt Rule was out there in particular trying to talk to Isaiah McMorris, uh, who I had a conversation with. I was very interested to hear how bad Penn State has been going after him. They've been really recruiting him hard, see him well as that slot wide receiver, but Rule was there at McMorris' basketball game, also plays for the Bellevue West basketball team. Uh, so Foley was there too as well. Uh, they're very interested in all three of those players from Bellevue West, uh, worth keeping an eye on. And Ainsworth, Ainsworth has been a hotbed in the last couple weeks, not just Nebraska, although Rule was out there, Notre and Dame Ed head Foley. coach. Uh, what, sorry. And Ed Foley, yes. he was there too. <laughs> sorry, put some respect on, uh, on Ed's name over here, but Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman was there, coaches from Oklahoma, Michigan, several other schools have been out in Ainsworth, so... 
wild. Carter Nelson, you know, he's a he's a top 150 national recruit playing eight-man football, a big-time athlete, future at tight end, and it's going to be a battle for Nebraska with all these coaches out there. Yeah, I just I want to know what all of these coaches think about Ainsworth. Yeah. And how familiar, like, they are with, like, rural, like, America in general. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of them got their start in smaller places, but Ainsworth. I love it. I, I just, country. I love it. Yes. I love it so much. And the, the other places of note, too, uh, of course, Texas. Can't forget about Texas. Uh, all the efforts going down there. Terrence Knighton, Garrett McGuire, they've been recruiting it hard the last couple weeks. Uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, very recent as we record this. Uh, Matt Rule out there talking to some very, very big 2024 recruits. I'm talking top 50, top 15, a couple of really big prospects down there that they've been seeing also in Florida uh, and several other places. They Arizona. have been, yes, Arizona, Ed Foley out there today. Where mm -hmm. in the world is Ed Foley? Who knows? I don't know. I can't <laughs> keep up with that man. Yes. He's busy. He's active. And this entire staff, they're, uh, they're going hard as this open contact period ends. The feelers are out there for 2024 and a lot for 2025, uh, especially in Texas. Uh, they've been setting up the future foundation. And like I said, they're, they're crazy when it comes to recruiting. They are go-getters. Yeah, I, I don't know how much they're sleeping. Um, probably not much, if at all. Yeah. Um, but if you want to be a football coach, you uh, probably need to learn how to operate on not an optimal level of sleep. Life on the recruiting trail as well. Always be curtain. Yes. <laughs> and the only other uh, bit of football news we're talking about just briefly, uh, Trev Alberts was on Husker Radio's network and just gave a brief update, uh, you know, about a couple of things going on. But I think to me the interesting thing is there had been talk about, you know, maybe doing afternoon practices helps a little bit on the, on the academic side of things. You know, maybe players are a little bit more inclined towards practicing in the afternoon. But Albert shared for now they're planning on sticking with the morning practices. I'm cool with that. I mean, if you're stuck on a schedule and you're used to a schedule, yeah. like changing it can also be detrimental too. So there's a lot that goes into that, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like the most controversial or like you know biggest thing in the world. It's just it seems fairly simple, but when routine is is so big in the sport, it makes a difference. So. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to uh, basketball. A little basketball talk. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, it's been a, a tough tough mm -hmm. week for the men's team on the court. The results: uh, eleven point loss to Penn State, fifteen point loss to Northwestern. Uh, but the reality is, Juwan Gary out. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Bandemel out, this team is really a shell of what it used to be. Yeah, especially on defense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because Gary and Emmanuel were two of the best defenders, especially on the perimeter. And you face Penn State, the best team in the league at perimeter shooting. And Bando goes down early in that game, and it just, it's not, not pretty after that. And I didn't watch the Northwestern game, but it didn't sound like it was a, like it was a, bunch of fun either uh, no fell fell behind early could never get out of that hole yeah it's, it's just it sucks it's a bummer because um, both of those guys were playing really well uh, mm -hmm. before they got hurt so and what's an even bigger bummer is that is how bando's career as a collegiate athlete ends it's depressing yeah he, there, there's gonna be a lot of what-ifs about this season 
especially about these two guys, because mm-hmm. you think about the identity of the team as a defensive team, and those two guys are the heartbeat of that, and now they don't have them anymore. Yeah, it sucks. I feel bad for them because they're both really, really good guys, mm-hmm. and injuries are my least favorite part about athletics, and it just it sucks that those two guys went down with season-ending injuries. Um, because who knows what could have happened. Could they have gotten to 15 wins? Maybe. Like, that felt realistic at some points. And sure, then yeah. at some points it felt like they were never going to win another game. Uh, just depended on what version of them showed up that night. But it's going to be a long slog for the rest of the season without those two. Certainly, yep. We have uh, 10, 10 games left to go. Huskers are 10 and 11. Uh, but obviously whenever there are these injuries, perhaps the, you know, the only positive silver lining you can look to is that, hey, other players – you know, finally get their chance out there, extended minutes. And we've seen that Jamarcus Lawrence uh, in particular played season high, 33 minutes against Northwestern, uh, CJ Wilcher, Den- Denim Doss, and these guys in their rotation already. More minutes, you know, bigger role. And Sam Hoiberg as well. Uh, some of it due to, you know, falling behind early against Northwestern, but was going to be mixed in this rotation. And they need he, depth. Yeah, he and ended up getting a, a quite a bit of a game time there against Northwestern. We'll see how that shakes out the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate what happened to those two, but, you know, Jim Marcus and Denham are both freshmen. Uh, Denham's been here for a little longer. He was mm-hmm. in midseason uh, last year, uh, enrollee and Jim Marcus being a true freshman. And the more experience they can have, the better. You don't want it to be like this, yeah. right? Like, they're just kind of thrown into the fire, and hopefully uh, they can figure it out. Um, but it's a lot to ask for those two and they're doing the best that they can. Yeah. I think, I think it'll only be a positive long-term for those. I mean, obviously playing time is always a positive, but Mm -hmm. I think in particular, Nebraska's had quite a few, you know, maybe promising freshmen that get buried a little bit and, you know, end up transferring out. This, this is kind of the opposite of that where you, you know, you get the court, get a chance to carve out your own role and establish, you know, yourself in that team. So we'll see if either of those two guys is really able to do that because, hey, the opportunity's there for him now. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. And on the other side of things, the women's team, uh, unable to kind of recreate their magic they had against Maryland. Uh, this time was a 69-54 loss and really struggled to shoot the ball in this one. A 5 for 27 from three-point range, 11 of 20 from the free throw line. A lot of missed points out there on the floor. And, hey, things don't get any easier. Uh, trip to face number 10 Iowa and Caitlin Clark on Saturday. So, Really tough couple games that the women's team's got right here. Yeah, those stat lines, that's really reminiscent of the men's team and that you don't want that. Like, they, the women's team looked so hot at mm-hmm. various times. Like, that Maryland win, like, that may have been, like, the biggest win in a very long time for that program. And then they beat KU in triple overtime, like, a good KU team, and things have just kind of fallen apart lately um it's unfortunate but I think they can get their mojo back it just might be after Saturday so I don't I don't think uh Saturday is going to be very pretty I think Caitlin Clark is uh going to prove why she's one of the best players she's unstoppable (laughs) yeah it's going to continue to prove why she is one of the best though I don't know Angel Reese at LSU whoo she's fantastic she's had like 20 straight double doubles it's insane. It's like actually insane. I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's 
That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. She's so cool. Anyway, sorry to geek out on women's basketball, but uh, I am wearing a women's basketball hoodie and women's basketball sneakers today. So it's on brand for me. So let's, let's get you out there on the court. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't want that. I am not very good. I knew. I knew you were going to say, oh, nobody wants to see that. Oh, you know. No, they really don't. It's yeah. really ugly. I've been 5'2 since like third grade. I was like, you know. They, were, they wanted me to be a post because my parents are both tall, and then I didn't grow anymore, so I have no handles. All I can do is box out. No one wants to see that. <laughs> no one wants to see that at all. If it makes you feel any better, I'm, I'm horrible at basketball too. So if you're looking for a team of stinkers, Amy and I, we're, we're here. I'll show up. I'll be a good cheerleader. Yep. And, uh, hey, we got a, we got a new sport uh, very briefly to uh, discuss on this one. Baseball, first day of spring practice today. Got the chance to uh, briefly get out there and see the team, talk with head coach Will Bolt. Uh, they were out there at Den Hartog Field, the uh, very nice all-turf facility. Uh, makes it easier on days like these where, you know, the, the ground is still very wet. Any grass fields, hay market. It's probably Don't a want to tear mushy it up. mess yeah. right now. A lot, so. of, a lot of stuff going on. But I think just very briefly, my takeaway was last year, the team was, you know, maybe a little disjointed. Baseball is really tough, too, because... You, know, you get so many games, there's so many pitchers, you know, contributors, you really got to be kind of a united team. And so they struggled with that last year, uh, talking with a few players today, very clear. The senior leaders, the guys uh, were working hard all offseason to get the newcomers in, you know, build that team chemistry. And so far, it seems like they're a very close group. They're excited for the season. Of course, you know, first day of practice, everybody, everybody's going to be excited. But I think the, the team chemistry is there. A little bit more some decisions to be made about roster they're going to have to make a few cuts uh players to you know meet the final roster the travel roster as well but excitement to be out there in uh in late january it doesn't feel like it's ready for it's time for baseball season just yet but it always it, it always, always sneaks, sneaks up on, sneaks up on yep. us yes it does <laughs> where it's you know it's february and you're like hey this this season is starting like now like it's wild yeah wild to me <laughs> Well, as, as baseball starts uh, to, to take a footing, nationally, football's wrapping up, of course. Conference championship week here in the NFL. Always like to sneak in a little bit of a random discussion here at the end. So talk a little bit NFL, talking our predictions and, and what we think is going to shake out. Of course, there's some Husker contributors in these games as well. On the AFC side of things, Cam Taylor-Britt having a very big rookie year. They spent a what a, a high second round pick on him mm -hmm. and he paid off as a, a key starter and contributor all year for those Bengals. You love it. You'd love to see that. Um, he and Zach Taylor shared a very special moment uh, post game uh, last week or the week, but it was the last week, uh, which was really cool for Nebraska fans uh, who uh, have a rooting interest yeah, uh, in these playoffs. Um, I genuinely don't know who's going to win that one. Um, the Bengals have had Kansas City's number for a while, uh, so much so that uh, they've been calling Arrowhead Burrowhead, <laughs> <laughs> which is objectively hilarious. I think it's. Yeah. I I grew up a Chiefs fan. I think it's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just hope it's a good game and nothing ridiculously stupid happens like last year with the Chiefs and the Bills, because that's no fun. Yep. Solid take. I'm I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. Um, I. I do hear, you know, the Bengals track record, but I think, you know, Mahomes, even if he's hobbled, you know, I'd 
I'd have him on yeah. one leg, you know, throwing off his back foot every time. He's still he's still going to throw for like 350 yards or whatever. So I don't know. I I see a lot of I see a lot of I don't know angst on that Chiefs team. You know, they they're mad about the Bengals. So I think I think Chiefs pull it out, but it's it's pretty much a toss up in my eyes. Both those teams are are so solid, very similarly built. Yeah. Hey man, I put a bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl in like March. So. I want the Chiefs to win for my wallet. Yes. But will it happen? I don't know. You're riding with it. (laughs) Sticking it out. Well, on the NFC side of things, too, there's also uh, a very heavy Husker contingent this time with the Eagles. Uh, Jack Stoll and Dominican Sue and Cam Juergens, all on that team, stole the biggest contributor there at at tight end. Sue rotating a little bit along the defensive line as well. And, man, that's, that's an exciting game. Uh, of course, you know, the rookie phenomenon, Brock Purdy. Brother of Chubba yes, Purdy, Nebraska indeed, quarterback. Indeed. God, be there, what, an sure. exci- what an exciting, yeah. like, past month for that family. That's so cool. Like, no matter what happens, like, if they, if they win, if they lose, like, what a great story that has been. Mr. Irrelevant, now totally relevant. I love it. And, it, you know, it's, it's like at, at quarterback, too. You know, it's not like. You know, he's like the linebacker, guard, yeah, for like sure. A position that doesn't get much. Mm-hmm. They're lo- they fill in long snapper. No, like they're starting quarterback. Yeah, it's super cool. I love it. Hasn't has not lost an NFL start yet, which is nuts. And I'm I'm saying that streak's going to continue, especially after watching them beat the Cowboys last week. That I mean, everyone knows all year that 49ers defense is legit. Purdy's so smart. I think Kyle Shanahan. One of the best coaches in the league. His offensive scheme is always just fantastic. And also, I'm, I I don't like the Eagles, so I'm just going to pick against them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's I genuinely, ha- again, with this one, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but if I was picking, I'm probably going to say the 49ers just because I think it's a better story. And yeah. everyone wants to root for a good story. So Certainly. it'd be a, It's already a fairy tale for Brock Purdy, but... If he goes on and wins the Super Bowl, I mean, that's like, you know, make a movie already, you know, come on, yeah, sell, exactly. sell your rights, whatever you got to do. Come on, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get that story out there. So no doubt. Yep. Well, we will, we'll see what shakes out. Some good, good football on tap, basketball games, of course, coming up this weekend uh, for both the women's and the men's team. Recruiting come to a, coming to a close with the open period, but more stuff to, uh, to hash out in the next couple weeks. Hope you stick with us. And, of course, appreciate all of you listeners and viewers tuning in today. For Amy Just, I've been Luke Mullen. Thanks for watching the Life in the Red podcast.